Hello and welcome to the podcast, A Voice for the Hurting. This is season three, a season dedicated entirely to stories of how God is faithful through the roughest times in our lives. I truly believe that we can gain in faith and hope through other people's stories and testimonies. So pull up a chair, listen closely, and be encouraged by today's story. So today it is my pleasure to introduce Gina Fox. She is the founder of the Anchored by the Sword Ministry. She's a writer, speaker, and podcast host. So welcome, Gina. Hey, thank you so much, Lori, for having me today. How are you doing? You doing good? (laughs) I'm doing good. I'm doing real good. It's a sunny Memorial Day here in Ohio. Yeah. Yeah, it's a beautiful day, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your story. Well, yes, I am a ministry leader. I am a podcast host, writer, speaker. I'm also a wife of uh, Matt and I have been married for what we're going on 12 years in December or no, November. Oh my goodness. And (laughs) we've been together for 23 years. Um, We have three fur babies We have Bandit, he's our cat, and then we have Rascal and Hazel, those are our two dogs, and they're insane, and then (laughs) we also have five crazy but fun nephews uh, that range in age from 9 to 21, so there's quite a group there. In my day job, I'm a nurse. I've been a nurse for 14 years, been in the medical field on and off for 23, Okay. so that's actually where I met my husband, but that's just a part of my story. So growing up, um, my parents were married until the day my mom died. So, um, maybe they shouldn't have been, but that's a whole nother part of the story. Um, how old, (laughs) how old, how old were you when your mother died? My mom passed away in 2013. So I was in my thirties when she passed away. So growing up, her and I, we had a lot of different issues. You know, there was the you know, snobby little kid or snotty little kid who didn't want her to put makeup on her while she was doing ballet to the teenager who, you know, we were constantly butting heads, but you know, typical teen stuff. I noticed that there was issues that she had that were far beyond just regular mother daughter issues. So she, when I was a kid, handed me a pamphlet for bipolar when I was 16 and I told her she needed it more than me. So (laughs) it's all the kind of stuff that happened. Um, but she did in fact have bipolar. She, um, she had mental health issues for a long time, you know, whether she didn't, we don't really know how she died for sure, but her mental health, her mental illness was her whole life. And so everything she did was about her bipolar. When she got to be a certain age, she, the one physician she had was constantly pumping her for full of pills. Um, she wasn't good at counseling because she just didn't care. She was just like, I'm going to take medications and that's all I'm going to do. Like nothing else. And and I'm a nurse, so I'm not anti-medication. We'll get into that part of my story, but that's all the doctor did to her. And so whether all of that combination was it or not, but she had literally pushed everybody away out of her life with the last person of pushing my dad out. Mm-hmm. And so when she died, she was alone. The only person who was with her was her dog. Mm-hmm. And so it's a very, it's a very sad thing. And there's such a stigma with mental health that 
for a long time, I didn't want to admit that I had issues because of that stigma, um, especially in the church, which we'll get into. Um, but my own anxiety and depression journey started pretty young. Um, just like I, I attempted suicide with a slap bracelet when I was 12, like on my wrist because we, um, I was a very sick kid. I had asthma and I was in and out of Akron Children's Hospital for a long time from the time I was born till 15. It was more or less my first home. So, you know, I struggled with the bullying and um, not being in school. And even though I was an amazing student, because my parents were really, really good at making sure I had my schoolwork and was working on it. And they would take it back and forth to school because one time I went into school and there was a stack of books on my desk with a stack of stuff and I lost it. And so they made sure that never happened again. But, um, so as I went throughout life and, you know, life happens and, um, several situations that I was in, in my teenage years, a couple of really bad relationships, I just really started dealing with depression and, you know, I didn't want to go into medications for a long time. I think the first time I tried medications was when I was in my twenties and, you know, I was the typical, like I would go on it and be like, Oh, this is fine. Then go off of it. Cold yeah. turkey, and then really grow to regret that. Um, that's really go, common medications. It really is. It really is. And then yeah. I was, I was in and out of counseling. Um, but I also have a degree in psychology that I got back in 2001 at Kent state. So I also had a history, you know, I could easily think around things and think about how the um, psychologist or counselor really wanted me to respond. So I would respond based on that. Right. Um, so I was not a good counseling patient. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, just, it's a culmination of time and all this stuff that kind of really drove me to the point where I was like, yeah, I really need to acknowledge this. And so mom died in 2013 and I was already on depressant antidepressants. I've been on Selexon and off for years. Um, and then when I, um, when I lost her, I started taking Ativan because her and I didn't have a relationship for three years before she died. So then when she died, there was two parts of me. It was like a weird dichotomy. It was relief because she had alienated my dad from me. And I was finally getting my dad back who was like growing up. He was my best friend. He was, he was like, I was his, uh, tomboy. Like I was the sports (laughs) person. I was the one he took to games, all that kind of stuff. So I was, you know, I was daddy's little girl. And so I went for years without being able to talk to my dad on and off. And so I was getting him back. But then on the other hand, I was dealing with all these open, never tied up. Things were never like tied in a pretty bow with that. So I never got to, even though we had had points where we had made amends, but after the three year, we had never made amends. Even True though the, closure. Right. Even though the last thing I had told her after she went psychotic at my house, last thing I did was give her a hug and told her I loved her. Yeah. So at least I know I did that. So I was having a really hard time. And then in 2014 is when I was at probably my lowest because my grandmother had gotten cancer Mm. and my grandma was my rock. Like she was the one who was closer to me than my own mom. She was my dad's mom. And she was always there for me. And 
Yeah, she could. She was the one who could pull me out of a funk. She was also the one who did not worry about my feelings if she was trying to set me straight. <laughs> um, and she was just a really amazing woman. She was, you know, a church-going woman. She was a prayer warrior. I mean, she had like a stack of devotionals that she did every day in her Bible um, <laughs> until the day that she couldn't because of her cancer. So she went on hospice care and I was with her every day, except for two days during her nine week battle. And so she passed away. I had a friend abandon me, Mm. uh, a girl that I've been friends with for 12 years. We've since made amends ourselves by 12 years of a friendship. And she just deserted me at the time I needed her the most. I was graduating from my BSM program. I broke my wrist. So wow, that's a lot all at once. It really was. And I was at the point where I couldn't take it anymore. And I was, this was right around Thanksgiving or so. And I was at the point where my husband thought he was going to have to call and take me in somewhere like to a crisis center. Cause I was in crisis mode and I was yelling and screaming and crying with my face down into the pillow. And like thinking about the loaded gun that was in the drawer. And I'm like thinking about getting it because I was just so tired of everything. And I was tired of people abandoning me. And I was just so upset about my grandma and just everything. And I couldn't get off the bed. And I know now that that was God keeping me on the bed Yeah. because I wouldn't be here if I wasn't. Right. And so after that experience, it just... Yeah, it was a rebuilding. It was a rebuilding of learning how to trust people again, like especially girlfriends. Like I said, this person who I've been friends with for so long, who I'd shared everything with, deserted me. And so I had to learn how to trust women again. I'd Mm -hmm. always had a weird relationship with women because, you know, when you're young, girls are catty and mean and all that stuff, like talk, talk nice to you, talk mean behind you. I mean, and sometimes that never changes, but that's what I had been through. And then with this person, I just was like, okay, now what do I do? And Mm -hmm. so I was starting to go back to church in 2014, 2015. And we moved here. What was it? 20 September, 2016 or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but I've been praying for friends like real genuine friends. And we started going to a local church, my husband and I together. And I started in the women's ministry. And eventually I did start leading that women's ministry, the um, classes. And I loved it. Like I met so many great people that even when I stopped going to that church, we stopped going and I started going to the church I'm at now. Those people are still friends with me. They're still behind me. They've been so supportive of me. So those women have been so super supportive. And then now, I mean, it's insane. Like God has given me so many amazing women in my life. And like I said, it took so long for me to be able to trust, not feel jealous, not feel competitive, not feel all those things that women feel with each other sometimes. And to be able to fully trust people. Yes. And the people that are in my life are the best. Like those are the girls that you could call at six o'clock at night or six o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning. If something is really bad, like (laughs) those are the girls that got your back. And I'm so blessed to be able to say that 
you know, that was one trust issue I had. I know we had talked about that, but that was one trust issue that I had was with women. And the other one I had was with men. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was coming out of the bad relationships that I had when I was a teenager. Yeah. So that's been an also, that's one where, you know, I love my husband dearly. I'm still working on all those things though. <laughs> yeah. It takes time. And it I'm does. glad you brought up the for good friends. That's mm-hmm. actually something that God brought me through as well, because like, especially right after my divorce and everything, mm-hmm. I, I had like one Christian friend and she lived far away mm-hmm. and uh, the other people like they're God can definitely use any friend, even the ones that aren't really strong believers. Right. But there's really something. Yeah. Like I prayed for, for friends with great faith mm-hmm. because I knew that I needed to be surrounded by, by faith during, during that time. Right. And, and God gave me five women who all had been through similar things that I had been through mm-hmm. and they just came alongside of me and, and it was such a blessing. I feel, mm-hmm. I feel like any of somebody's listening out there and they feel like they don't have any good friends, ask God to right. bring some into your life and he will, he's faithful in that. Yeah, yeah, he will. And he'll do abundantly more than you can ever ask or think because yes. yeah. like I said, I just wanted one, I wanted right. Same. one good friend. Because I thought that was all I could handle, (laughs) but you know, I mean, I've got an amazing group of girls that we all go to church together. We get together once a month and then I have my connect group, which is great. And we get together twice a month. And then I have the friends that like I see on or see or talk to on like a four times a week basis. And then the online people that I've become friends with throughout the years and I mean, it's just more than I could ever think because people think online's all bad. Yeah, it's not because I'm telling you the community that I found online, it's, it's been great because you have people who support you, especially in a, in an area that is so can be so negative and can be so competitive and so just nasty, but to have those people that are your friends on there, it's like, it's great too. Right. It's amazing too how God can like use that. Like I think that uh Facebook has a lot of groups for mm-hmm. different topics that have really ended up blessing me. And like you'll meet someone from an entirely different country or from across the United States mm-hmm. and they'll like that become friends with you right. and be there for you in a time when you might not have someone that can relate on certain topics that you're going through. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. And then, and especially when we were dealing with this pandemic, you know, all of us were kind of shut into our homes. And so it was even harder to deal with that. I mean, that was, you know, that's kind of what has put us in a mental health crisis. I agree. Uh, I just got done myself doing a whole monthly series in the month of May because it was mental health awareness month. We talked about that and, you know, everybody's acknowledges the fact that we were in crisis mode and we still are in crisis mode. And there's, there's counselors that are not available right now. And just the importance of knowing that there's online communities, there's online resources. A lot of people had to pull their resources onto online because you couldn't go face to face with people. Just having, knowing those things are out there and you know, acknowledging them, it just makes it 
easier for people to stand up and say, yeah, I'm dealing with this too. Right. Yeah. And honestly, I think that um, that's one of the best thing that's come from the pandemic Mm -hmm. fact that especially the church is finally talking about (laughs) mental health. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing that we talked about too, throughout my episodes is that the big C church, like individual churches have some are better than others, but the big C church in general has had so much stigma attached with mental health for so long because they see it as something that you can pray away or that you can rebuke away or that, you know, if you had more faith, if you prayed more, if you did all this stuff more then you wouldn't have mental health struggles, which is not true because you can love Jesus and still struggle with depression. Absolutely. You, know, you, you can pray five hours a day, which I don't know who has time to do that, but that's, that'd be great if you did, <laughs> but you could pray for five hours a day and still have anxiety. Yes. And learning to marry the, you know, the Bible and all the other resources that we have out there, counseling and just other books and other resources that we have, we need to, like I said, I'm so proud of the church for doing better, but they have a long way to go. Do. (laughs) I agree. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are still um, churches. And again, some churches are doing fantastic with this, but there are still some churches who are making people feel bad for needing medication. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like that, like, like if you are clinically depressed and there is something going on in your brain that is causing mm-hmm. that depression, it is not something, it is not a sin for you to be depressed, right. you know, and God has allowed people to have the knowledge of how to help that through things right. like medication. And I think that I'm, I'm glad that the stigma is starting <laughs> to be addressed. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like you said, it really does have a long way to go. Well, and the thing that really kickstarted some of the things that I had to deal with when it comes to mental health was I was reading a devotional and I won't say who the author is, but I was reading a devotional and it was a daily one. And they basically said, if you need medication, Mm -hmm. then you don't have enough faith. Yeah. And I took that devotional and I threw it across the room. Good for you. (laughs) I was like, you know how these people, people who have mental health struggles, and a lot of us have emotional struggles too, especially with the pandemic, but people with mental health struggles already deal with feeling, you know, like outcasts or they can have shame or guilt and stuff like that does not help. No, those, those top, you know, making them feel like that does not help their situation. It makes somebody feel worse and can drive them away from the church and drive them away from God, which is not what we're supposed to do. Exactly. And we all have our own, you know, things that we have to work through. And we all have, you know, ideas in our head about mental illness and specific mental illnesses and all that. We all have our own things to work on in our brains about that. But in general, shaming and guilting somebody doesn't help at all. It doesn't help any situation, but especially mental health. No, not at all. Because I mean, Jesus, he loved people. Yeah, he didn't. He, you know, the Pharisees he had issues with, which I mean, we probably all would, but he had issues with them and he would get them for shaming somebody else. That's exactly. And So this is something we all have to work on. We all need to really continue to cut away that stigma, cut away the stigma of the medication use 
you know, I understand that there could be over medication, like in my mom's case, that doctor, all he wanted to do was give her pills. Right. He didn't want to take care of the real deep problem. She had trauma from when she was a child. She had trauma from when she was a teenager that was unresolved. That was never worked through. And that was part of the reason she had her issues. And until you get down to the nitty gritty deep stuff, then things aren't going to get completely healed and worked through. Yeah. I think, I think one of the challenges there is it hurts to dig up all of that stuff and to really deal. Yeah. And cause I I've been through counseling myself. Mm -hmm. I actually kind of made sure that I did because I knew between um, I have some things from my childhood and then Mm -hmm. my ex-husband and how everything had happened. I just, I knew I needed God and I knew I needed someone outside of myself to help me unpack it all. Right. Right. That was the best thing that I ever did for, for my healing process. It didn't finish the healing process. Oh no. no, 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 no. Yeah. When I went through my process was in 2020, actually, right before the pandemic started, I, um, I started with a local group, um, out of the pregnancy choices center that we have here. Um, it was called at the time house of hope, but now it's called hope and healing center. And it's the group I went through was called unbound. It was a 13, it was basically, I'll be honest, 13 weeks of hell Yeah. because literally it was unpacking trauma. It was unpacking issues from my past. It was I had to unpack things that were done to me and things that I had done to people. And so I, I mean, it was everything from talking about stuff that you don't want to talk about. And we were in a group, so it wasn't one-on-one. So it was a group and we started with five of us ended with two of us. It's just because it's so hard. It's so hard to unpack things and you have to be ready to be able to do this because you have to, you know, to stick with it. You have to be ready. We had to write anger letters. We had to write forgiveness letters. We had to go through and just literally unpack everything. And I went through a soul tie breaking. Yeah. Um, was it was, that. yeah, it was, um, one day I was sitting during the pandemic. My husband was furloughed. So I spent a lot of time in the office library that he built for me up here on the second floor. And it was an old uh, walk-in closet that we weren't using. So I spent a lot of time up there. And so I was easily dealing with my own like anxiety and stuff from being up there and then wine with the wine every day. I mean, yes, I was not drinking wine, but that's what <laughs> it was called is like our uh, governor was on TV, like at two something every day. So my brain, I was watching it because that's just how I am. And I eventually had to stop because that anxiety got too high. Yes. But one day I was sitting there and I was like, okay, we're doing my workbook. And I was like, it's time to do this soul tie breaking. Yeah. So all of a sudden it got really hot in my office. Like it was a little cool. And then it got really, really hot. And I was like, oh no, you're not going to stop me from doing this. Like, I know who this is. You're not stopping me. So I went through for probably about a good half hour and prayed through and broke every soul tie that I had. And it was, it was so healing that I just walked out and I literally bounced down the steps and not because I fell. (laughs) And my husband's like, what is wrong with you? I was like, nothing. 
that's yeah. the most amazing part is there is nothing yeah. because I literally went through and broken all of that. Now there have been stuff, stuff that has come up since that I've had to go through the process of that again, but it was just one of the most freeing things to be able to sit there and be like, okay, this is no longer going to affect me. This person no longer has a hold on me. I can forgive myself for doing this. And it was just, it was so amazing to be able to have that feeling. And that's actually where Anchored by the Sword came out of. Wonderful. Is about a week later, I started the, you know, the anchor verse, Hebrews 619 was one of the verses that kept me going throughout the whole thing. Like we had a block of wood and that was one of the verses I put on the block of the wood. What is Hebrews 619? It talks about um, the anchor for hope is the anchor for our soul. Okay. Yes. And so I had that written on the block. And so throughout the whole thing, that was something I continually thought about. And so I was sitting in my office and all of a sudden the phrase anchored by the sword came into my mind. And I'm like, what is that? And I really felt like I needed to go ahead and start a Facebook page. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but okay. 20 people in five minutes started following. And then it's just, you know, it's grown to, I think there's over almost 800 people on the page now. Wonderful. Yeah. That's great. To me, each person or each number represents a person. And, you know, I feel like God has told, you know, is revealing that he wants his freedom for everybody. Yes, he does. He, He doesn't want anybody to be bound. He doesn't want anybody to deal with the storms of life on their own, but to have the anchor to be anchored to him through his word and which is our sword, you know, we can weather anything as hard as it gets, we can weather anything. And I love what you say about healing, because that's another thing. That's another part of God bringing freedom is that you are never done healing until you're probably facing him, right? Because the ING means it's a continuous process. It's not healed. It's healing. You can be healed from one thing. You can be healed from another thing. You can heal from another thing, but there's more to come because every day presents its own stuff. You know, every day, as it says in Matthew, every day presents its own worries. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, (laughs) absolutely. Um, Can we back up just a second? If someone is listening to this and they've never heard of the, the phrase soul ties, can you describe what that is? Sure. It's anything that is keeping your soul held down. Mm -hmm. So anything that is tethering you to your past, um, anything like, for instance, I had to deal with, I still had holds on, on my soul from past abuse, you know, past incidences that happened to me. And then also things that I had done to people in the pain that I had. And so in breaking those, it was, it was cutting the things from my past so that I can move on in what God has for me. And it can be, like I said, it can be anything, anything, and something that you would not even think could have been holding you back is. And so the more, the more you do that, you can sit there and literally write it out, which they encouraged us to do. You write out everything that's been holding you back and you go through and pray off each one of those ties. Yeah, that's excellent. So clearly God has just been faithful time and time again Mm -hmm. in your life. How has, how have you seen that the most in your story? Well, I've seen his redemption. I've seen how he 
um, how he's used my messy junk and how he's used it to be able to help other people. Um, I've been able to talk with so many people because of the relationship that I had with my mom. I've been able to help guide people through their relationships with their family. Um, I've been able to just being able to stand in front of people and say, look what God has done for me. Like he turned my mess into a message, you know, all that stuff, my tests into a testimony. And he still continues to do that because I'm still a messy human. We all are. So, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> so there's always something to redeem each and every day. So just, I've just seen him move. And even with this podcast, I did not expect it to go to where it's been. I, I expected, I was like, this will be fun. I'll get to talk to people from Northeast Ohio, which turns out that's where you and I are from. And we would have never met if not through the online circles, but just seeing how it went from that to now I've interviewed people all over the U S I've gotten to talk to people. I never thought I would have gotten to talk to, and he's turned that one into over 1700 listeners to this date. And Wonderful. it's just, yeah. I know God is able because he says that in his word and yes. that he, he promises that we give him what we have and he will, whatever, if we give it to him, according to his will, he will take it and run. And it's, yeah. you know, it's his will when you're just sitting there going, I haven't done a thing and look what happened. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, cause sometimes God does take us through a process where we have to wait on him. And, yeah. and then other times he does just snap his fingers and things start happening on their own without our effort. And, and still, when that happens, yeah. you, yeah, you know, it's God, <laughs> you, there's right. no question. Yeah. And there's still some stuff that I, there's some things I wish he would hurry up on, but you know, yes, we can't hurry God because his timing is perfect. But I keep telling him, I'm like, can we move this along? Cause nursing is kind of crazy and I kind of want to get out of it. Right? So can we move this along? <laughs> right? But you know, he does, he does what he does in his timing. Mm-hmm. So, and then yes. it's even more sweeter. It is. Yes. <laughs> yes. And I think that, um, it's hard for us as humans to have to wait on God. Mm-hmm. It really is because we do want, we want resolution instantly, especially right. in our current culture, you know, where yeah. all you have to do is talk to your phone to ask it a question and Google answers all your questions. Right. You know, we wonder why God doesn't do that too. <laughs> right. Exactly. But, like, why can't you show me the whole picture now? It's like, because if I showed you right. the whole picture, you wouldn't do it. Right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. And I believe too. He, and he reveals things to us as we're ready mm-hmm. because we're not, we're not ready for the whole picture. No, <laughs> yeah. even though we think we are, we think we are, mm-hmm. <laughs> we definitely are not. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned before that in your podcast episodes, you've been sharing a lot of the verses that have gotten you through the times that you had, what are some Mm -hmm. of the other verses that have helped you the most? Um, well, besides Hebrews 619, like we already talked about another one is Genesis 50, 20. Like I, I love the story of Joseph. I I've heard so many teachings about it and I just love how even through everything that he went through, like, I'm going to pull it up real quick. So I say it verbatim, but just the story of how he, he got pushed through. I mean, he went through hell 
literally like his brothers abandoned him they you know threw him in a well Uh, I mean he he had so much stuff happen to him and then he got thrown in jail because of a you know the pharaoh's wife being an idiot I mean like he had so much stuff happen to him and then his brothers come back into the picture and he knows it's his brothers and he could do so much to them like he could have them killed he could throw them in a well themselves like all this stuff but then he says you intended to harm me but God intended it all for good he Mm. brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people amen he was talking about coming you know dealing with the um famine and all that stuff but yeah he that's one thing that's really got me through is God can take the worst of situations and good can come from it. Even if we don't understand why things happen. Yes. The stuff in the news, like we don't understand it. We don't understand the mentality behind it. We don't understand anything behind it. And God can still teach us something through it. Yes. And I look at the things that I've been through in my life. I look at the situations that, um, like that, like I said, the situations I've been through, the healing that's taken place and all of those things that God literally took my junk and yeah. he has brought me to a point where he is ready to use that to help other people. Wonderful. And it's only him. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. That's one of the things that he's really just impressed upon my life over the last, especially the last decade, mm-hmm. um, which me and my ex-husband split up eight years ago. So like mm-hmm. in the last bit of that, and then in all the aftermath of, you know, the struggle and the, and the healing and everything, mm-hmm. God doesn't waste anything. No. And I just love that, like that, like what the enemy meant for evil, he's going to use it for good. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a song we sing in church a lot called Sea of Victory. I don't know if you, yes. if church does it. I love oh, that I just, song. I love it so very yes. much. Yes. Yeah. And uh, the person who introduced that to our church is our late pastor. He passed away in January, uh, 40-year-old with brain cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. It was the hardest thing in the world. And he just, his faith was so strong till that very end. And it was like, it's hard for me too, because that's how old I am. I'm 40. He's the same age as me as a daughter, a year older than my daughter, and his, you know, his wife has to deal with all this. But even in that, I've seen some of what God has done, even in his passing. And I know that I don't say that lightly because yeah, like okay. I miss him as pastor. He brought our church together in a way that I don't think very many people could have done. Mm-hmm. And he understood God and grace and um, everything about God in a way that, that not many people do. Mm-hmm. And so even to watch how he dealt with cancer, you know, that it just, it was kind of awe-inspiring. Yeah. Yeah. Just to be willing. Yeah. That's okay. It's, I've come to more peace about it now. I, I honestly, all of us thought that, that Jesus was going to heal him because he had already healed him once he had brain cancer four years prior and then it was gone. And the doctors were like, we can't explain this. And he's like, it's Jesus. (laughs) But then, right. But then he, he got the diagnosis again. And within a year he passed away. Well, and I can say when it 
I saw Genesis 50, 20 was with my grandmother. Was because it? I hated, I hated watching her die. Yeah. I hated going through that process with her, but I also loved it yeah. because there was no place I would rather be. And I have no regrets about spending the last, like I said, there was only two days I missed and it was because I was sick and she's like, you better stay home. Yeah. So if <sighs> you know, I have no regrets about that. And if it wasn't for her, yeah. I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. And if it wasn't going through that process with her, I wouldn't be back in church the way I am. And I wouldn't have really worked through the things that I've worked through because she, like I said, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but people have that praying grandma or that person in their family that they saw as a pillar yes. and that was put there as that. And that was my grandma. That's and wonderful. She was, like I said, she was amazing. And if it wasn't for her, you know, God really did use her to bring me back to church. Yeah. I stepped away for a long time. I was away from church for over 10 years. Yeah. I was wondering what your um, relationship with God was like when you were in the deepest part of your depression. Well, I became a Christian um, back in 1996, June 1st, actually. Uh, <laughs> I, yes, I have the date because that's wonderful. Um, <laughs> I wish I knew my exact date. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, um, I, I had just gotten out of, like I said, I had two consecutive abusive relationships, abusive in different ways. And so out of the second one, there was a lot of shame. There was a lot of, just a lot of guilt that came out of that one. Yeah. And a lot of, I didn't want to do what I did. And I didn't want to be who, you know, that was just wasn't who I wanted to be. And so I met one of my friends that I'm still great friends with. Like, she's amazing. We've known each other for over 25 years now, um, 26, going on 26 years. And she, she actually invited me to go to church with her. Yeah. And so I went and I liked it, got to meet some new people, you know, had a lot of questions because I was raised Catholic and Lutheran. Yeah. And then I didn't go to church for a lot, you know, quite a few years. And then I was, you know, we were talking offline about pastor's wives and yeah. my youth pastor's wife was huge in my life. Like her and I reconnected on Facebook and I just can't wait to hug her again whenever I get to hug her. But, um, she was huge in my life and she's one of the ones, her and a friend of mine were the ones who led me to the Lord. Yeah. And then, um, I was real strong in my faith, pretty judgy. I won't lie. Pretty judgy of everybody. You know, I mean. If anybody was a Christian back in the late nineties, you know how that kind of was, um, <laughs> a lot of stuff back in the day, but my foundation, like I really had a desire to go after God. Mm -hmm. I went on a youth or I went on a, um, mission trip to Venezuela with team mania ministries, which I don't even think they're around anymore. Um, <laughs> and that was an amazing eye opening, just beautiful thing. Then I started dating my husband and we went through a massive church split. I was deeply hurt by that yeah. because of the situation that caused the church split. One of the situations because it directly affected the youth pastors. Yeah. And so I was really angry about it. And so I stopped going to church. Like I would go here and there, here and there, but you know, when you're living with your boyfriend, you know, the mm -hmm. church doesn't really look good upon that either. Right. Um, so we were, we were together almost 11 years before we got married yeah. and 
So, you know, they don't always look well upon that. But then, like I said, 2014 is when I really started going back. And then it's been a process and it's still a process. Like, you know, I love God. I know he's got an amazing plan. I want to do what he wants me to do. I want to be the woman that he's called me to be. I want to follow what he has, what he has planned and where he wants me to go. Like I'll go where he wants me to go yeah, um, and do what he wants me to do. And it's still, like I said, it's still a, a daily, it's a daily relationship. You know, it's something that you have to work on daily. And do I fail at it? Yes. Um, we, all we all do. do. <laughs> <Yes>. Life and <laughs> life, time, puppies, things getting away. <laughs> and so it's just something that we work towards every day to get better at. Yeah. And we're constantly, we'll go back to the ING thing. We're continuously improving. Mm-hmm. We're continuously working. We're continuously praying and seeking and just that longing to go after God. And that's where I am. Yeah. That's wonderful. It's a good yeah. place to be. <laughs> it is. And like I said, do I fail? Yes, I do. But you know, every day bring every day is new. You know, we have that promise that what is it? The what joy it comes in the morning. And His mercies. Yeah. Mercies His are mercies new every are new. Yeah. Yep. yeah. That's one I was thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> There's so. so many verses. It's hard to <laughs> I know hard especially, to get it right exactly. Well, yeah, especially when you're like, okay, joy comes in the morning. Mercy comes every, mercies are new every morning. Yeah. Do not worry <laughs> about tomorrow. Right. <laughs> All those things come into play. <laughs> Does. So. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you'd like to share with my audience before we wrap up today? I just really want to encourage you guys. Like, don't think you are too messy for God. You are not too messy for God, because if he can take a prostitute, if he can take a tax collector, if he can take someone who has been through a lot of junk in their lives and turn them into um, people that he like talks about in the Bible, like that he holds in high regards, like Rahab and even Paul, Paul killed Christians for goodness sakes. So if he can take any of those people and he can use them to do his will, he can do the same for you. And the other thing I really want to encourage people with when it comes to mental health, a few things. Number one, you are not alone. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You are not alone. There is somebody there. If you are in a crisis situation, call the suicide crisis line, get to a counselor. If you can call I mean, even online, this is not for crisis situations, but there's betterhelp.com. There's local counseling that do things online if you're not ready to go face-to-face. Look at if you have issues from your sexual past and past abortion or any of those things, look to your local pregnancy choices, your local you know, Christian organizations, looking for your local church. Like somebody is there for you. Yes. You are not alone. Pray that God will bring people into your life to help guide you through the process and just stand back and watch. And he will. That's right. Just like I said, you're not alone. Keep holding on, keep praying and don't, don't let a stigma stop you. Okay. Don't. That's wonderful. Um, I'm going to include those resources that you just listed out in the description. Where else can people find you? You can find me on 
the Anchored by the Sword podcast Instagram page. Um, the Facebook page is Anchored by the Sword. I try to keep it as simple as I can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can even find on Facebook, you can find me at Gina Fox. Um, also, you can find the podcast anywhere that you listen to podcasts. We come out with a new episode every Tuesday. So I'd encourage you to come by and listen to the freedom stories of other people because we talk about everything. Like there is no topic that is off limits. So come and listen because you'll find something from your story in these people's stories. So come on by. And thank you, Lori, again, so much for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on and talking with everyone and with me. (laughs) I I know they're going to be blessed. Thank you for listening to A Voice for the Hurting. You can find information on today's guest in the description below, plus links to follow A Voice for the Hurting on Facebook and Instagram. Join us next week for more inspiring stories to strengthen you on your journey.